0: Welcome to Wealth Alchemy Lab, where we show you how spirituality, money, and pleasure not only can go together, but that they must. Activate your soul-driven path to your most fulfilling life possible through riveting interviews from our archives. And wisdom from your host, ex-lawyer turned unconventional business strategist and spiritual catalyst, Kavita Aurora. This is an interview that was repurposed from an event in 2014 called Women's Wealth Revolution. It was done under a pseudonym, which is why you will hear the name Lila Samaya. Long and interesting story behind that. Ask Kavita if you want to know. Some of the links that are mentioned may not be available, but there will be a link to each person's website in the show notes, so you can find them if you wish. Enjoy the interview.
1: Welcome to Women's Wealth Revolution, where women leaders reveal how following your truth catalyzes your wealth zone, world change, and life beyond your wildest dreams. And I'm Leela Samaya, and I'm your host for this series, this video jam. So today we have with us the brilliant, the delectable Jenna Laflamme. And Jenna is a colleague, she's a mentor, She's a friend and she's also a pleasurable weight loss expert. She helps you lose weight, heal your emotional eating issues and look and feel fabulous in pleasurable ways because there's no dieting, there's no deprivation, there's no giving up chocolate. And Jenna discovered after 10 years of struggle that prioritizing pleasure is, just, is the key to weight loss. And we're also going to talk about how it's a key to your wealth zone. She's a leader of the Pleasurable Weight Loss Movement, and she's been featured in Glamour, in Elle, in ABC, on ABC, NBC, and Fox. And I'm just so excited to welcome you, Jenna. Thank
2: you, Leela. I'm so happy to be here.
1: Yeah, it's so great to have this conversation with you.
2: It is. We know each other very well, and it's uh, lovely to... Be with someone who is so allied with many of the same ideas I'm sharing here.
1: Yeah. Yes, it is lovely. And, yeah, Jenna, how do you define true wealth? What is it to you? Because we know it's not just about money.
2: Yes, definitely more than that. Leela, I want to take a step back and share the foundation of my philosophy for pleasurable weight loss and then segue that into talking about wealth, which honestly is not a topic I frequently discussed, so it, it's rare to be, to be here on this topic yet, very relevant. So, I struggled with my weight, with emotional eating, with bad body image for a long, long time, and was always trying to control and restrict and, and fix myself. And what changed everything was when I realized that there's two of me. There's my mind, there's my body, I'll say it to you, there's two of you. There's your mind and your, there's your body, and your body is an animal specifically being a woman, a female animal. And what this means is that being at peace with food, being at peace with your body, being at the right weight, being able to enjoy life and create what you want requires a harmonious relationship between these two. Mm -hmm. I think of it as your inner marriage between your body and your mind, your inner husband and wife. So in terms of true wealth, if we think of an animal animals exist in nature, in the ecosystem, in an ecology,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: and if that ecosystem, that ecology supports their well-being, is full of pleasure, um, comfort, and all the truly meaningful things in life, then it will feel rich, it will feel wealthy. So that's really what mm-hmm. defines um, wealth for me, On um, it's your animal being in a, Beautiful abundant ecology ecosystem where she feels nourished and healthy and then your mind being free being clear being awake and uh, Enjoying the wealth that it is to have a a free mind that can Create the reality wants
1: yeah Yeah. That's beautiful and I I know one of the things that I've I've found so helpful but, and I think a lot of women in our society have this problem is I was so in this part and just st- stuck in my head and a lot of us get stuck in our head and we get disconnected from our animal and the source and she is the source of our true wealth. And you know, it's fun to have soft furry things to rub against her. And I'm wearing this in honor of you because I don't usually wear it because it's soft and furry and it reminded me of you and pleasure. And yeah. And so I love your definition of true wealth. And when we're in this place, I think when we're connected with our mind and our body and we can, uh, we can actually draw in the financial abundance and all sorts of abundance in other areas of life that we're looking for.
2: Absolutely. And in terms of what that ecology would look like, that rich, wealthy ecology, for sure, health. I mean, health is wealth, is the old saying that you really cannot deny. Without our health, what is it to be a billionaire? You know, it's nothing. Yeah. Death takes all of us yeah. eventually. <laughs> And we want to be as vibrant and as healthy as possible in the meantime. So that's surely a great marker of true wealth. Yes.
1: Yes.
2: Um, I would say also in the animal theme, having a a nest that you love, having a home that you love.
1: Yes. And to me, that's not
2: home ownership. It's not about the mortgage. It's not even about a fancy rich apartment. But it's about making whatever space you have a true sanctuary, a true home, even a temple. Yes. Uh, Yes. Lila, you know, I, I lived in India for a couple of years, and your ancestry is from India, so that's a bond that we share. We love to talk about the Indian goddesses yes. and so on. And one thing I noticed in India is that the idea of a temple—a temple can be a tiny little hole in the wall. I mean, it could, it could be something this big, and that's a temple. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Okay. Being having grown up in in Europe, where you know a church is a really big thing, to think of a, a temple can it can just be the smallest. Thing so no matter your means, um, having a home that makes you feel wealthy, I do believe is not about money. It's about taste. Mm-hmm. It's about creativity. It's about the attention that you put into, and really exploring what are the things that make you feel alive. What feels sacred? What nourishes you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's one for sure. Home. Yes. Uh, another one is good food. You know, yes, the cheapest food out there is the junk food, corn syrup, calorie empty crap, basically. But besides that, good healthy food really isn't that expensive. You know, what is now um, considered gourmet in a way was once peasant food. You know, whole grains. Mm-hmm. Basic vegetables, basic meats, and so on. They were, they were the simple foods.
1: Yeah.
2: And many of us think having good food is a luxury, but I would say it's not. It it is part of true wealth. Um, It's part of the. I mean, it's part of the foundation of life. So, it's you know, even if we're not wealthy, good food should be part of the equation. But certainly if we are aiming for wealth, and that means a, a home, a fridge, a pantry that has the good nourishing foods in it, you've got your fresh foods, you have vegetables, you have the foods that make you feel vibrant, that are whole, that are nutrient dense, mm-hmm. so that's definitely a key part, and part of that is knowing how to cook, um, I'll, I'll come to that a little bit later when I tell you about my journey of true wealth, but
1: yeah, knowing... Good. Let's hear about your journey. Tell us about your journey to true Let me tell a few more of these aspects that <laughs> oh, I see sure. in the
2: ecology. Oh,
1: sure.
2: Um, we've got health, we've got home, good food, community. Mm. We are poor without community. Yes. We are rich. We are absolutely wealthy, when we have great friends. And I would define community here There's your, your most personal community, which, say, your partner. Um, that's part of your your community, your really close, close community. Community can be your kids, if you have them. Your community is your your close friends, um, your people that you meet at classes, at seminars, uh, your Facebook friends, and your broader community of people. If you don't really know them intimately, but you know you share values, you know if you you could turn to them, they could turn to you. You're you have a certain Sense of solidarity and and connection. Yeah. So on all those levels, uh, it's important to have all of them, especially because not, we don't always have a partner. Partners come and go.
1: Yeah,
2: and I know that very well. Having just gotten divorced,
1: yeah,
2: and, and in the in this very moment, for me, it's it's my community that is my backbone. It's my friends. It's my you know female friends, male friends um, that, that make me feel wealthy in relationships.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, what else? Abundance. The idea of abundance. You can't talk about wealth without saying abundance. And for me, abundance is the opposite of scarcity. Uh, scarcity is the sense there's not enough, I'm not enough, there won't be enough, and it's a constant sense of lack. Yeah. And you can't feel wealthy if you're in lack. And you know, as we get to my story, I'll I'll tell you certain times when I've had wealth but not felt wealthy,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, and what was missing was that sense of abundance. So abundance does include financial abundance, but at its essence, it's an attitude of abundance, which then applies to everything. Um, you know, unless you feel have a sense of abundance, your your partner, your kids, your friends, no one will ever be enough. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm until um, that quality is part of your
1: experience. that is such a great point that you're making. And, you know, because I I actually, I, I know a lot of people who are, who have a, who have a lot of money, but they always feel like they don't have enough. They have financial abundance. All right, but they don't mm. have this the, the, the other levels of abundance that you're describing this, they have they're in this feeling of scarcity. so no matter how much money they have, it's it's never enough. They never feel that fullness, that yeah. that true wealth inside. So yeah. thank you for. So
2: your that. Yeah. you're welcome. My last few points on that then would be pleasure, sensuality, sexuality. We can't feel wealthy if our senses are deprived. If we're starved of sex, if we don't have Mm -hmm. true pleasure Mm -hmm. in our lives, and you ask what is true wealth, to me, true pleasure is pleasure that gives you pleasure now, in an hour, in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year, you look back and, oh, that was satisfying, versus counterfeit pleasure can give you a a short-term pleasure hit, but the hour later you regret it, a day later you have a hangover, a month later Mm -hmm. you gain 10 pounds, etc. So... For me, and you know, I'm the leader of the pleasurable weight loss movement. Pleasure is an absolute, essential ingredient in true wealth and true health in this this whole picture.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You think it's just such a beautiful picture of the wealth zone, of ha- of the, the wealth zone that we all want to be in, so I love that, and I love your emphasis on pleasure, it's actually one of the reasons I was attracted to you in the beginning, was because I, I was in a place where I didn't have enough pleasure in my life, and the work that I've done with you has helped me shift that in so many ways, and... I I feel so much happier, so much more alive. And actually money comes easier. It just Mm. things flow in. So, um, and it comes in in ways that are more in alignment with who I am. Money has never been a huge issue for me. I've always been good at making it, but making it wasn't pleasurable before. And now it's Mm. pleasurable. It also Mm. seems like, you know, people who have a lot of money, they could be in a place where they're, overdoing their work, like I was doing. So even if you're doing something that you really enjoy, you could still be being cut off from your animal and this wealth zone that you're describing so well. So, um, you know, I just, uh, I just love everything that you're sharing. Yeah. And since I interrupted your definition before, are you complete? Can we hear yeah, your story uh, well, now? Yeah. Last
2: one uh, would be self-love. Wow. Uh, Without self love, it's it's all a sham. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, We're constantly hungry, seeking from the outside. Give me, give me more. Uh, It's never enough. I mean, that goes hand in hand with abundance. um, Is this abundant self love, where light and dark, we love and accept ourselves.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah, Uh, including our body.
1: Yeah, so let's hear uh, let's hear a little bit more about the dark because I know um, you're really great at working with the dark and and it's it's a, it's a difficult place for a lot of women the dark the shadow and you know I know from my own experiences with you so healing actually and my journey and loving myself that part so I'd love to to for you to share a little bit more about that
2: sure. Well, I'll tell you my own story. I was doing work with a spiritual teacher, and he said to me, Jenna, I've noticed that you really love the shiny parts of you, the confidence, the success, so on. And, And he was like, yeah. And he said, but you don't love the darker sides. You don't love your shame. You don't love your fear. You don't love your anger. And I was like, okay, you've got a point there. And he said why love 50% of yourself when you can love 100% of yourself? And I had this, ugh, revelation where I could see how I was showcasing this one side of myself to myself, to the world, and the rest, I was trying to push it under the carpet. That doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And essentially, on top of shame and anger and fear, I was putting an extra layer of shame and hiding and repression. And of course, that which you repress you know, it comes back to get you. So that was showing up in my life in different ways. Yeah. So yeah. what I came to do was to make it a practice of appreciating that my shame is part of me. And and that, that's basically the answer. I said, why should I love this part of myself? He said, because it's part of you. That's that's enough. You don't need to give a justification. You don't need to take any further explanation, then this is part of me. I'm light, I'm dark, it's all part of my humanity, it's all part of being a woman, being human, and and I love myself, and I love every part that makes me up. So what happened then, it was this sense of huge relief that I had been carrying around so much shame, and then shame about the shame, and shame about the shame about the shame, like ugh, it's <laughs> so exhausting. And, you know, if you're listening, you may have shame about your relationship with money. You may have shame about your body. You may have shame about your sexuality. You may have all of these things. And if you then hate the shame, you're doubly caught. If instead you can be appreciative of the shame, grateful of the shame, wow, that's part of me, then you can get curious. You can say, hmm, shame about money. What's going on here? And you can explore it, and you can get to know it, and it can be your friend because there are lessons there, and sometimes the lesson is you have a confused belief and just let it go. Sometimes the lesson may be something you really want to change or make a boundary around. Um, There's bound to be growth there, but you can only get those lessons if you're willing to respect, appreciate, and even love your shadow
1: uh well, in in this in the shame in this healing work that you were doing with your own dark side, you know what was the the hardest part to love? What was the part that you were most ashamed of?
2: I would say the parts that I've been most ashamed of are places where I've been willfully hurting myself, mm-hmm. willfully betraying my own philosophy of be good to yourself, be good to your animal, pay attention to pleasure and actually rejecting my own philosophy and, and being punishing or hurtful mm. and, uh, and wallowing in shame. So these are old patterns. Um, I would describe this as what I call the suffering obligation of love, which is there's ways that we've learned as children to suffer to be like our niche, to be like our parents, to be like our family. We want to suffer with. Where we feel like being too glorious, shining too much, having too much pleasure, we're ashamed of it. Yeah. And so yeah. we need to hurt ourselves, bring it down, make ourselves feel bad. So, so that would be it, those corners where, um, you know, I still am um, growing into fully embodying my teaching.
1: Mm. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. I appreciate it our listeners appreciate it thank you for being so vulnerable and so real and I think a lot of us can identify with what you just shared I certainly can so I think uh, it's very healing to hear that even someone who has reached her pleasure zone and wealth zone to the degree that you have that you know to know that you've overcome or learned to love these parts of you to know that it is possible for those mm. of us who may not be there yet. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. know, yeah. And I know we've, um, you've, you've sort of, uh, sort of took us on a tangent with the dark side and the shadow there. And I, and I know you started to share your story, but there may be more that you want to share about how you got to your wealth zone, your true wealth.
2: Yeah, I think there were a few stages. I think the first one came when I was uh, quite young. I was 19 and I was in university and I was actually working part-time. I was getting some student allowance from the government and I was in university and studying part-time and I would would visit a friend in the rainforest, who lived in the rainforest part-time, and I would hitchhike back and forth a bus or a train and i had a a room in a a shared house in the city and i mean the amount of money that was passing through my hands was minimal i sure i lived on i I could have lived on a thousand dollars a month i was not wealthy in that sense but i felt so wealthy in the richness of my life i was living in community I was in a beautiful share house that was aesthetic, that was artistic. We had circus performers coming through and yogis, and my friend was my next door neighbor. And we would practice yoga at six in the morning and go to yoga class where it was donation of a gold coin, which meant a dollar or two dollars. Um, when I was in nature, I had a friend that would cook for me and, and take care of me, and I really felt the world looking after me.
1: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That
2: I could live simply, I could live richly. I I just I felt so wealthy. I felt so abundant. That was the first time I was able to really drop into this feeling. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And then from there, there was sort of a second phase. And I actually went to India. I learned yoga in depth for a couple of years. Then I moved to New York and I started uh, studying nutrition and started building my practice as a health coach, which has led to being a plausible weight loss expert now. And I think then I lost a bit of that sense. Of uh, the the total abundance and wealth, and I think uh, I got caught up in a workaholic phase for quite some time. Where yes, I had friends, but I wasn't rich, richly enmeshed in the community, and I didn't make enough space for it. Um, I I didn't make enough time to go to nature. I didn't. There, it was just more contracted. There was a lot more focus on the money, and even when the money started coming in, I it wasn't enough. Um, and it wasn't enough, there was no specific thing that it wasn't enough for, it was just, well, you know, we want to have more, 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 always more. And really, um, you know, I have my I'm now ex-husband um, a lot to thank for that. He's actually writing a book right now um, on a similar topic, and he he really helped me realize that the... The wealth I was, the the financial wealth I was uh, amassing, uh, I wasn't really letting myself enjoy it. And I make that distinction between being wealthy and feeling wealthy. Mm. And I really feel like feeling wealthy is the most important. Before I felt wealthy, even though I didn't have the means, later I had the means, but I didn't have the feeling. Uh, The feeling is much better. Um, It's great to have both. So now I really make a point of feeling wealthy and what does that mean? And it's not about responsible spending. It's not about going crazy with the credit card. But It is about knowing what are those purchases, what are those investments that really um, give me that feeling of abundance and um, making a point to to invest in them because honestly, money in the bank, like zeros in the bank, it's a concept. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a mental abstraction. And there's a great parallel here to say feminine-based spirituality versus masculine-based spirituality. Feminine-based spirituality we can describe as imminent, coming from the earth, coming from the experience of existence. It's the sun, the moon, the stars, the garden. Your, your own body your lover's body your child's body this is the divine versus the masculine spirituality is more about heaven after life yeah. you know, after death you go to heaven up there in the sky somewhere is god is the divine or it's in the mind it's in the thoughts it's in this invisible spirit and um you know i definitely think there can be a fusion of both but when we make Define spirituality and the divine only through the mind and through abstraction, we miss out on our experience here being divine. So similarly with wealth, when wealth is only what have you got in the bank, and it's not what is the feeling experience of your breakfast, of the sheets on your pillow, of the shampoo that you put in your hair, of you know your your food, your your friends, your play, then something's really missing
1: yeah yeah i love the way your just your description your your journey is um and your, your description of wealth is so much about being so deeply present in the moment that you notice these things like i'm recalling in my shower what was i thinking about i was actually thinking about the interviews i was going to do today and getting my eyebrows threaded and whatever other things I needed to get done that so tomorrow I'm gonna smell the shampoo and so thank you for that and it's just like feeling the sheets I don't think I I felt the sheets on vacation definitely but came back and didn't feel the sheets and so um I, I love I just love the description that you've given of uh you know just the moments of the day and enjoying the pleasures of the moments of the day and that, that being tied to what true wealth really is and that actually um mm-hmm. you know anyone who's listening to this interview has that because if you've got a computer and you're watching this then you've got beautiful sheets you probably have decent good food and you can enjoy the moments of your day and so i just so appreciate you sharing your journey and then sharing how to be more present with these delectable experiences that are all around us that we miss a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I would love for you to share now, you know, what, what do you see as the difference between women who find their way to this place of abundance, of pleasure, and the ones that don't? And... Now, what's going on there?
2: Mm -hmm. I think the main main difference is the willingness to feel valuable, the ability to feel valuable. So for me, wealth comes as an exchange of value. And if you've got a lot of value to give, then a lot will come your way. And many women, they have so much self-doubt and self-loathing that they find it impossible to really get that they are valuable. Um, it could come in several ways. It could come in under-earning. just Simply mm-hmm. not making the relationships, getting themselves the opportunities where they are well-rewarded, so they are um, working too hard for too little and, and not feeling wealthy. Another could be they are well-rewarded, But they feel like they need to give 200% to, to reap those rewards. And so at the end of the day, they're exhausted and they're essentially feeling poor because they have killed themselves at work. So that's something I really want to express to women is know your value, research your value. In my daily work, that begins with the body. Women think, okay, I need to lose weight in order for my body to be valuable. And I say, no, your body is valuable right now. She is the, the life, the only life you've been given. Without her, you'd be dead. I mean, how valuable is that? <laughs> yeah. She creates babies if you want. She, she keeps your heart beating no matter how much you're multitasking. You've totally forgotten that that task needs to happen. She's on it. So she is just incredibly valuable, like the earth itself. She's a human She's a natural resource, the planet, and, and your mind is brilliant. You're so intelligent. There's just you know, hundreds of thousands of decades of evolution of humanity. Uh, we're smart cookies. Yeah. So between yeah. the two of those, your body and your mind, you are valuable. You've got something to offer. Any beliefs that tell you I'm not valuable, it's only conditioning. That's either you know, religious conditioning that's imprinted guilt and shame or it can be family conditioning where there's been trauma and it's being perpetuated in this sense of not being valuable. But once you know you are valuable, and, and I really, this came to the next level with me when I went to India where I was met with this idea of the goddess. So in the West we talk about God, the father in heaven. In India, they have gods and goddesses and hundreds, thousands of them, and a hundred thousand, I believe, million, I don't know, there's a lot of (laughs) gods gods and goddesses over there. And to me, the gods and goddesses are metaphors for us, us humans, who each in our own way is divine, is unique, is a genius, and that's what I want you to know. There's something about you, about your perception, about your skills, um, about your potential that you can grow, you can develop, you can can learn. And uh, I, th- I mean I think that would be the next part. It would be a, a two- part thing, feeling valuable, knowing that you're born with a lot to offer. And secondly, taking the time to learn a craft that you love. So now I'm an expert in pleasurable weight loss, and I have honed that. Uh, done a lot of studies in learning how to help women with this particular challenge. And there's more. Then it's about developing the skills of marketing and sales. So some women, they they get great at their craft, they're brilliant at what they do, but then they stop and they have this resistance to learning marketing and sales. And I don't think, you know, unless you get very lucky and some people, maybe an agent will pick them up or there's random chances where you can Mm -hmm. succeed without learning those tools, but then you're you're really living to chance. Yeah, yeah to To guarantee your wealth, your true wealth. And learning marketing, which one of my favorite teachers describes it as compassionate communication. It's not a sleazy thing. It's communicating compassionately that you have a solution for someone's pain. And then sales, which is, is related. Marketing is getting their attention and, and transmitting the value. Selling then is um, creating an opportunity to exchange your know, money for your, your services or your products. So just notice your attitude. If I say sales and marketing, do you go, yeah, bring it on. You know, I don't I don't know anything <laughs> but I'm filming. I don't know much, but I want to learn more. Or do you recoil, go, oh marketing sales, God, I wish I could hire someone to do that. I want you to have the former. And I used to have the latter and I, I oh marketing and sales, so boring. I'm a healer. And fortunately, I dropped that attitude, embraced that I could make it pleasurable, I could make it fun. And it's not about doing everything and doing it on your own, but it's about knowing enough that you can eventually delegate well, you can lead a team, and you can just have a sense. Because you, I tell you, you will waste a lot of money if you try to delegate before you know what the heck you're doing, at least in some overview sense. So, so do both. Learn, learn the basics and then get help, too.
1: Oh, well, those are oh, some really great get in your wealth zone kind of tips, and certainly not not the content I was expecting from you today. At the as we're coming to the close of our interview, so I love that. That's that's so awesome that you're bringing it all into balance, and then saying, okay, find something you love, really get deeply embodied, and then go and rock it out with the marketing and sales, and take that on. So. <laughs> Yeah. It's awesome. Definitely.
2: And I'll tell you, you know, some of the things that have been really useful for me in terms of, um, you know, creating the wealth that I currently enjoy. Uh, Again, that foundation. I've got something of value to offer. And I really believe it all stems there. Um, Then having a wide range of offerings. So I have on my website a free video series. Um, I put out free blogs, free articles, free videos. There's a lot of free stuff that I give, free lectures. And I'm really proud of that. You can have not one cent to your name, and you can have your life changed just from my free stuff. And if you have some more resources you want to invest, I have some low-end programs, less than $100 a month, that kind of option. And then, and so on and so on, all the way up to very exclusive VIP uh, private coaching opportunities. So there's that spectrum there. Um, Also, team. I mentioned team before. I really have this attitude of, I don't do anything alone. I don't struggle alone. I don't suffer alone. There's always going to be someone there with me. So that means having a team. Um, Specifically, I have a virtual team. I have an operations manager in Hawaii. I have my web developer in India. I have you know people, different contractors here and there around um, you know local people when I need them for local specific occasions, but um, having a team and specifically having a virtual team is is really advantageous. Um, yeah, and you know back to the marketing, just that willingness to learn and to embrace technology, and a little bit of tech savvy goes a really long way, and. Many women are like oh technology no 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 learn to make technology your your friend your lover um, your delight <laughs> technology um,
1: as your <laughs> lover that's a new one <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard <laughs> that one before
2: <laughs> and, and then lastly um, to to make sure there are high end offerings in your in your practices. My teacher would say don't discriminate against the rich, meaning don't only offer things that um, are a low end, include high end offerings. That's a definite mm-hmm. direct path to wealth.
1: I love it. Thank you so much, Jenna, for those great steps, tips, advice, and yeah, I just love it. And I especially love technology as your lover. Technology's definitely been my lover in the past 24 hours. So I can, I can jive with that. And uh, yeah, it was just, it's just so, we went so deep. We went so in our bodies inside this interview and to our pleasure and our shame. And then we got really practical. So I love it. We've just really spanned the the spectrum. And We'd love to know, or I'd love to know, how can we, um, f- I know you have a great free gift to share with us, and for those of you, after Jenna shares it, you can start looking at it right now, you can even start getting it, it's right below the interview, there's, um, you can click on it, but I'd love, Jenna, for you to tell us about this yummy, delicious free gift. I will, and I
2: before I do that, I'll say that having a free gift to give Is one of the most powerful tools for getting into the zone of wealth and this is the new way of wealth. The old way used to be here's my credentials, look how fancy and respected I am okay now pay me and I'll give you something of value the new way is hey here's my free thing of value, check it out I've got this for free, I've got that for free and then the response is wow if that's what I get for free what am I going to get if I pay you? And there's just something about that I love. It's, it yeah. just comes from yeah. such dignity. Yeah. It comes yeah. from generosity. It comes from really showing your cards first, vulnerability, transparency, and not just a, well, take a risk and you'll see. Um, you know, also in this market, the idea of having a guarantee on everything, I just love. Um, I don't want your money if you're not absolutely satisfied with yeah. this. Oh, yeah. So this type of attitude of um, building your tribe through creating free content um, really is the, the essence of, of this, but um, back to what that is in my case here, I created a video called the, um, the Three Biggest Mistakes Busy Women Make When Trying to Lose Weight, and it's about the, what I call the secrets of pleasurable weight loss, um, understanding um, that your body is an animal, your body is a female animal, and it's stronger than the mind, she is stronger than the mind. If you're not, if you're struggling with food. If you're struggling with weight, trying to control your body, repress, restrict your body into it, deny your body, it's never going to work. She's stronger than you. So instead, it's about coming into relationship with her, understanding her. What is her language? And her language, like all organisms, is pleasure. All organisms move towards pleasure innately, towards what I call erotic innocence. Erotic innocence being that innocent pull impulse of your body towards the sensual, the sexual, that which is pleasurable, that is innocent, by nature of it being prior to the evolution of the mind. So what I mean is, this impulse towards pleasure existed in the body, which was there before our mind even evolved to say, oh no, you should feel guilty about that, you should feel ashamed, you haven't earned that, you're not wealthy enough for that. None of that is there. Neurotic innocence—it's a simply a precognitive <gasps> opening towards delight or mm, recoiling, contracting away. So, um, in this video series, you will learn about pleasure, about true pleasure, and all the hormonal benefits it has that cause weight loss. It's a—it's a well uh, little-known secret that. Pleasure, experiencing pleasure in the body, triggers relaxation, which puts your body into the prime state for losing weight, for healing your relationship with food, and for having a great body image,
1: which wow. then wow.
2: liberates us to go and build our wealth and change the world. So check it out.
1: Well, I love it. Yeah, and uh, I haven't watched this series, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go check it out myself. And I think that it sounds really great for even if you're not trying to lose weight, you just want to get more in touch with that pleasure in your life. So I would suggest it for any amazing woman who's listening to this interview to go check it out, because um, what, what you teach, I think, is so important, whether you're trying to lose weight or not. Because there are a lot of skinny women I know who are not in touch with their pleasure and who don't really have mm. good relationships with their bodies. And so this is about healing that relationship with your body, whether you're skinny or whether you need to lose weight, which I know is not your message, but I, I, I felt it, so I wanted to say it in this moment.
2: No, I, I would say it is pleasurable weight loss. The weight loss is a metaphor for whatever burdens you, mm. whatever weighs mm. you down, and that could be not being happy with your body. That could be being stressed about your money any of those things. Yeah. When you yeah. learn to focus on pleasure and be responsible for generating your own pleasure first, then everything else comes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Jenna. It's been such yeah. a rich, delicious journey with you today, as it always is. And I really appreciate you being a part of our event.
2: Thank you, Leila. Have a fabulous continuation of this journey into true wealth and wealth zone. <laughs> and, uh, may, you, may you feel that that delight of the, the sensual and your embodied animal, you know, throughout all of these injuries.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, right, bye, yes. everybody. Great meeting you. Bye. Bye.
0: This is an interview that was repurposed from an event in 2014 called Women's Wealth Revolution. It was done under a pseudonym, which is why you will hear the name Leela Samaya. Long and interesting story behind that. Ask Kavita if you want to know. Some of the links that are mentioned may not be available, but there will be a link to each person's website in the show notes so you can find them if you wish. Enjoy the interview.